Hey, guys, amen. <clears throat> if you have served in any, for, in any branch of our, our military service, would you just go ahead and stand all of our campus? Just go ahead and stand right where you are. Wow. Wow, thank you guys so much. We got to vote this week because of you. It took a little longer because of us, but because of you, we got to vote. And uh, we, get, we get to worship this weekend. We get to do things that people around the world can't even fathom that what we get to do. So thank you, vets. Welcome, promisers, all of our campuses. We're thrilled to have you, whether you are online or in person, in your car, on your couch, or somewhere in between. We're thrilled that you're with us. We love you guys so much. If you were here last weekend, Candyland, didn't Pastor Zach do a great job with the word last weekend? Incredible. And I, I've, I've spent the last uh, week in, with two different groups of pastors the last week and a half. And just uh, hearing where churches are, hearing how few people have come back in many of these churches, I just want to say, man, I'm so grateful for your faith, proud of you. Faith Promises rallied back. We're about 70% back uh, in person. And I'm, I'm just grateful. So uh, some of you are about ready to come back and it took a spike and you're back and back off again. That's okay. Stay online. Stay with us. Uh, man, we're thrilled that you're with us. Grateful to be your pastor. I had a message this weekend I was going to uh, preach. An incredible. It was really good on uh, sowing seeds for eternity and <clears throat> heart for the harvest. And I'll mention that in a few minutes. But man, about last week, God just put a significant burden on my heart. And I just couldn't shake it because we really, we, we work in advance, creative team, myself, all kind of people to create series and sermons and all the stuff that we do. And so I rarely change, but I just felt led of the Lord to, to, to deal with an issue this weekend it was before the election, so chill out. Don't freak. <clears throat> but so I just want to talk to you. I love to preach. <clears throat> love to preach. But I just want to talk to you this weekend. Uh, again, I was going to talk about, I'm going to wrap up by talking about Heart for the Harvest. But I just want to, I want to sort of pastor you. I want to shepherd you for a few minutes and just think about where we are and where you are. Uh, one of the Bible verses that I deal with almost on a daily basis is John 10.10. I quote it all the time. And in the midst of where we are as a nation, really a world, Jesus said, hey guys, never forget the thief, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now somehow we forget that we're in a war, right? We forget and we think everything's supposed to be easy, cushy, nice, you may not realize this, but I do believe we're in the last days. As we see all that's going on, I, really, I believe we're in the last days. So the Bible says in the last days, it's going to be brutal. People will be taking selfies. I mean, lovers of self. I mean, yeah. did, I, did I say that out loud? I... Now, the devil is very good at his job of stealing, killing, and destroying. He has had thousands of years of practice of temptation, of robbing and stealing. So now I've been in the ministry almost 40 years. And I have to tell you, I've never seen in my ministry what's happening to people like I'm seeing now. This year, I've never seen it, ever. 
From COVID to the election, fear, anger, injustice, division, anxiety, like the forces of hell are just ever increasing at alarming rates. Would y'all agree with that? <clears throat> so again, I was been with on two board of directors meetings the last two weeks with John Maxwell and with the Timothy Initiative, both the ministries we support. And, and I was again with guys and talking and I spent half my time on the phone back to here dealing with, I'm talking about committed, mature believers who are, who their marriages are being rocked, being ruined. Relationships, businesses are, are struggling. Uh, all this stuff, just, it, it is, it is, it's horrible what I'm watching. And I really got a wake up call two weeks ago, a little more than two weeks ago when on a Friday morning, I get a call from a friend of mine and said, hey, your neighbor, uh, his wife took his life last night. And that, that started opening my eyes because I'm not real emotional. Are, are you with me? And, and, and so I don't tend to lean on the emotional side. I just, hey, let's get her done. Come on, let's just get her done. Let's keep moving. Uh, and so... That opened my eyes, and then I got email after email, call of, hey, man, I don't think our marriage is going to make it. Hey, I, you know, I, I spent all last night thinking about killing myself, and I, I'm talking about just, you know, I just said, Lord, what's going on? What to realize is this. The devil hates you. You realize that, don't you? The devil hates you because when he sees you, you remind him of Jesus the one he wants worshiped. And so why does he, well, I mean, why does he hate me? Because you remind him of Jesus. If you ever had an ugly breakup, some of you are single, some of you are married. If you're married, you remember when you were dating, you ever had an ugly breakup and went home and tore, and tore up all the pictures of the other person? Little pieces, thrown them away. You ever done that? Come on, am I the only one who, come on. See, that's how the devil feels. I mean, he's broke up with Jesus and he sees us and he wants to tear up the picture. And, and so I've talked to other pastors, again, the last few weeks, they have folks struggling, suicide, depression, all kind of issues. And so I just want to talk to you. I don't want to try to make you feel guilty because guilt is from the enemy. I just want to help you walk in victory because it's going to get worse before it gets better. So in these last days, how are we... If COVID did this to us, and if an election did this to us, what's it persecution gonna do to us? Are y'all with me? So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy steals our joy and leaves us without strength. Because you don't have any joy, you don't have any strength. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10. He, he steals our hope. If we don't have any hope, we don't have any power. And he steals our vision, which means we don't believe we have a future. So we don't, have, we don't have strength, we don't have vision, we don't have all this stuff. And then the world is piling on. We're divided eight ways to Sunday. And then what people believe is, you just, I'd just be better off dead. My family would be better off if I was just dead. Because we've lost hope, we've lost vision, we've lost strength. Are y'all with me? I mean, and so we just say, my, my family would be better off. 
and you, you understand you're not thinking right because people don't realize when they take their life what they're doing to the people that love them. They wouldn't do that if they, were, if they had victory. It's when they get to the bottom and they see no way out. And, and, and they're discouraged, they're defeated, they're depressed. And we forget the word and we forget the power of God and we forget the power of the spirit. And this is what, this is what happens. This is what I want you to catch. Please, please listen. If you're listening, say am. Okay, we get inside our own heads. Now, I don't know about you, but this is not a safe space. Am I the only one? If you could get inside of my head for five minutes, I would no longer be the pastor here. Because you said, that godless weasel, I'm not following him anymore. See, it's, this is dangerous up here. Up here is when you take your life. Up here is when you leave your spouse. Up here is when you succumb. Up here. Because, see, the mind is natural. It's part of, the, it's part of this world system. And it's marked by the world. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart can be translated heart or mind. The mind is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so Paul gives us a little help in in first in uh, first Corinth in Second Corinthians chapter chapter ten. This is what he says. Now we're in a war, right? And we've lost our shalom. Okay. Let me let's just be real. And so, what is, so God has helped us, but many times we're missing it. So Paul says, though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in this wicked world, this evil land, though, though we walk here, we do not war according to here. Up here, guys, right here. This is not where the battles fall. So we, we, the weapons that God has given us, weapons of warfare, they're not of the flesh, they're not of the mind, but they're divinely powerful, the destruction of fortresses. Those things the devil has raised up to destroy you, to rob you, to steal you. We are destroying speculations in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Those speculations that the future is going to be terrible. There's no hope. There's no future for me. There's no way. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so what, so, so, and this, this is a, just a new thought I've had of late that is just really has rocked me to the core of who I am. Because I use this in this verse in another way, not, not understanding something. So let me read you a verse in 1 Corinthians 2, 14. See, remember, the, the weapons of warfare are not natural, right? But they're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Again, this would y'all agree this is dangerous up here? Okay. But the natural man, that means I'm up here. I'm in my own head. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For their foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. So we are reasoning in this war, in this spiritual battle, we are reasoning. We're trying to reason, we're discouraged, we're trying to reason our way out of. We're fighting a spiritual battle. We have divinely powerful weapons, but we're trying to do it in the flesh up here. And it simply won't work. We will lose every time. I was in a meeting, a staff meeting, and somebody did something, made me mad. I know that shocks you. And I walked into worship and I was mad. And I had just gotten this concept of get out of your head, get into the inner man. Paul said that you would be strengthened in the 
inner man. Are you with me? And I walked in there and I said, okay, you're in your head, Chris. And I had somebody on trial in my mind and they were guilty. And I was bringing down the gavel of conviction of they need to be executed. Are you, you ever do the ever just Because anybody gets up here, I'm always the winner. Because I can justify anything. Come on. For, for, you know, for you, it's minor surgery. For me, it's major. All right, you just, and so I said, okay, Chris, you're in your head. I'm looking around, a couple staff members I'm really chapped about, and I'm, I'm trying to, okay, 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 you're in your head. Okay, you got this. You're in your head. You got to get in your inner man. So I'm worshiping. And, then my, the, and up here is reeling. I'm just being honest, okay? I'm in the first song. I'm done with the first thing. It's like, I'm still in my head, God. I'm still up here. I'm still mad. I'm going to kill somebody, fire somebody. I'm going to kill somebody and tell God they died. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> my second song, I'm worshiping. I'm saying, God, let me, please, Father, get me out of this. Get me out of this rat race, this maze in my, of my mind. And by the middle of the third song, I was out of my head and I was into my spirit. The joy and the, the, the peace rushed all over me. And I said, okay, this, this, is, this is the divinely powerful weapons. But we stay up here and the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit for they are foolishly appraised. Therefore, they are foolishness, foolishness to him. Does this make sense? When Jesus faced down the devil, he did not do it in reason. He did it with the word and power of the spirit. Now, we have just finished last week Lamentations. And reading this passage in my Bible reading plan is and, and literally being gone two weeks and being on the phone every day with people that were struggling, promisers that I love, that, listen, I did not mind talking on the phone, don't hear me, didn't, I was just broken because of where people were. And so Jeremiah the prophet writes a whole book called Lamentations. This is not the joy of the Lord, are you with me? This is not fire, this is, man, he is griping and complaining to God, which, by the way, a large portion of the Bible, the great men and women of God, 75% of the book of Psalms is saying, God, I don't get how I got here. Are you with me? Yeah. So feeling bad, discouraged, don't feel guilty. The devil just uses that to put more fire on the wood of you feeling worse. Yeah. All right, I'm preaching. I got to stop. I just want to talk to you. <laughs> so Jeremiah says, remember my affliction, God. And my wandering and my wormwood poison the bitterness of my soul. Truly my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. I have hope. The Lord's kindness indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I have hope in him. For the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. He brings joy. Now, there are people furious about the election and there are people thrilled about the election. There are people furious if they promise about the election, there are people thrilled about it. But I, I'm gonna tell you, if your joy is in the Democrats or Republicans, man, you, you've got no hope. Are you with me? And so whether Whoever won, I just committed, I was going to walk in the joy of the Lord. Because when you start getting political, politics not up here, politics is up here, isn't it? We start arguing, we start thinking, 
what God does is God brings comfort and joy. He brings shalom and calm in the midst of the storm. And we are living in a storm, a pandemic, emotional, election, division, injustice. We're living in a storm that most of us have never seen anything like this. And so all this is going on. And what we tend to do is stare at the storm and we get in our heads and we say it'll never get better. It's just horrible. There's no hope for the future. Instead of looking above the storm to the God who rives the, wing, the wings of the wind, who is over all, through all, and in all, and allowing him in your inner man, your inner woman to fill you with joy, because joy comes in the morning, to just stop and take a breath and say, oh, fill me, Holy Spirit. Just fill my, strengthen me down here in the inner man. I refuse to let the world get its grips on me. Today, Lord, I want to, I just want to breathe deeply the Ruach. I want to, I want to understand. I want to feel you and sense you. I want to get out of up here and I want to get into here. I want to see what you see and hear what you hear. And before long, you don't notice the storms raging. You just see God. You don't notice the angst and the anger of the political. Yeah, it's out there. It's out there. But it's not in here. Are y'all with me? And as your pastor, listen to me. I want you to walk in deep abiding peace. I want you to walk. Matter of fact, I am actually grieved that I didn't actually see some of what I'm teaching. I'm going to do, do an entire month on what I'm talking about in February or March. But I am so sorry I did not see that until recently. And so I have not equipped many of you as your shepherd, as your pastor, to walk to the valley of the shadow of death. So I am so sorry, but we are going to learn to let, as Paul prayed, God strengthen, strengthen them in the inner man, the inner woman. See, joy is not up here. Joy is in here. Shalom is in here. It's not up here. Peace is in here. Lord Yahweh, teach us your ways, not our ways. The weapons that you've given us to fight, to walk in victory are not in our minds. They're in our hearts, God. They're not. They are divinely powerful, but the reason and this world, the devil will rob us if we let him. So if you feel comfortable, do me a favor. If you know the person next to you, would you just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you? And would you just pray the peace of God? You may know them, you may not. You may not know what financial pitfalls have happened this year for them. You may not know what relational pitfalls. You may not know what physical health issues, you may not know what's going on, but just pray the, the peace of God. Come on, even if you're at home with your couch, put your hand over to that family member, lay it on them, just pray the joy, the peace, come on, that they'll walk in it. Spirit of God, fall in every campus. Spirit of God, fall on every house. Spirit of God, fall on every heart. Lord, let this not be a mental lesson but let it be a doorway to victory of moving deep within the inner man, the inner woman, walking in power. So you're never going to reason yourself out of. Go ahead and look up. You're never going to reason yourself out of the pit. Are you with me? 
You're never going to get, well, I'm just going to have some willpower. I'm just going to, I'm going to pull myself up on my bootstraps. No, no, the weapons that we have are divinely powerful, and it's not about reasoning our way out. So I want to challenge you. Get in the Word with me. If you're not on the Bible reading plan, jump in there. Again, this passage in Lamentations and my interceding for you is what actually brought me to this message. Get in the Bible reading plan with us. If you're not coming to the Saturday morning prayer meetings, if you can come, join those. And join it. We're doing 21 days on uh, online, uh, 9 o'clock in the morning devotion, six days a week. And, and we just want to help you strengthen your inner man or woman. Now, you, what happens is we, we win the war in here, then we see the results out there. They, they make manifestation in the natural, but we've won in the spiritual. You see, our verse this year, Acts 2.42, they were wholly devoted. They were all in. I don't know about you, but I'm all in for strengthening in the inner man. Are y'all with me? Who's, in, who's all in for some of that? Who's all in? Man, we're all in to move and walk in that. That's what God wants us to do. Does that, does that make sense? Is this bear witness with you guys? Are y'all getting this? Because, man, I want you to. I want, you to, I want you to feel it. One of the, my favorite characters in the Bible is Elijah. And you know, many of you, if you grew up in story, you know, grew up in church, you know the story. Elijah challenges these false prophets to a showdown on Mount Carmel. I've been there many times. And, and he says, you do a sacrifice and you pray it. I'm going to do a sacrifice. And whichever God answers by fire, he'll be God. And Israel said, that's good. And the false prophet said, that's good, and he did it, and they failed, and Elijah prays down fire, and the people and the people of God fall on their face and say, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. He wins an incredible spiritual battle. And Queen Jezebel says, man, I'm telling you, if you won't be dead by this day tomorrow, man, if I, I mean, it is over for you, dude. And this guy, go, he's tired, he's won, a, he's won an incredible victory, and he goes suicidal. Kill me, God. Kill me. So God sends him on a journey. God takes him by a brook. He sleeps. The, the angel wakes him up, has a meal cooked. He eats. He goes back to sleep. He wakes up again. There's another meal prepared. And he, he strengthened. Then he runs to the mountain where God wants to meet with him. Listen, some of us, we're just tired. You can't be spiritual and be tired. Are you with me? Man, when I got the flu, I don't even feel saved. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, so it, it is, we, we got to rest. That's why the Sabbath is so important. And so he goes and God speaks to him. Now, recognize he's suicidal. Kill me, God. Multiple times he says, God, please kill me. I mean, it's just better that I die. Why? The devil had stolen his vision. So what does God do? God strengthens him physically, feeds him, and then God gives him a vision and a job. Because that's what God does. He gives us a vision and a job. Now, please listen. If you've been struggling, this message is not to make you feel guilty because you've been discouraged. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in all of the Bible, and he's not discouraged. He's full-on depressed and suicidal. Are you with me? Yeah. So listen, man, get some help. Don't hide it like... That you've got the plague. That's why we have a community of believers. And so God gives him, so God gives him a job. 
And that's what God does for us. He's given us a vision, faith promise. He's given us a job. And we're to win the loss at any cost. We are going to be disciples who make disciples. And we are going to go across this state and around this world. And we are going to make it hard to go to hell. We are going to win people for Jesus. Are you with me? Watch this about what our church is about to do. Bristol, Tennessee, the moment, the place that so many of us have prayed for for so long. God chose this city. He chose this moment and he chose this place for our first ever regional Faith Promise Campus. We're gonna meet the campus pastor, some of the launch team, and learn more about this unbelievable city that we hope to help impact real people with real problems, with the real love of Jesus. Let's check it out. All right, church, we're here, finally. So many people have been clamoring to meet the man, the myth, the legend, Pastor Steve, our Bristol campus, our first regional campus, and we are jazzed. We are so excited, especially during the Heart for the Harvest season when giving generously to campus expands such a massive part of what we do. You and your wife have been in ministry a long time, and you actually took a leap of faith joining our team. You know, you were at an established church, and you just felt God moving you and your family, and how you're starting something from scratch completely. What was it about Faith Promise or, or your, your family that, uh, that gave you the gumption and the faith to take that leap? Well, we, we came to Faith Promise, uh, it's been a few years ago now, and uh, I believe it was Christmas Spectacular that right. we came and walked through the doors and, you know, the the, the love that we experienced and the, just the people of Faith Promise, and then later finding out what their mission and vision was, uh, that, that really captured our hearts. You know, we, we were in a place in our life where we really could have got comfortable. In fact, I think we did. I think we kind of got comfortable with where we were, and so that—that's when we decided, both of us, uh, that this was this was God. And yeah. you know, I—I I just want to—I want to say thank you to all the Faith Promise people, all the people at Faith Promise, for just the love you've shown. Uh, really, your excitement has bled over into what we're doing here in Bristol, right. and so yeah, it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I've grown up in the Tri-Cities my entire life. And this is just a great place to live, just like the Bristol sign says, a great place to live. All the way from my childhood memories, reflecting on those till now. It's just amazing to see what God has done in this town and what He's gonna do through the movement here at Faith Promise. Uh, my name is Nikki and I've lived in the Tri-Cities my whole life. My favorite thing about being here is just the people, um, they're friendly, laid back, less traffic, <laughs> but this has been home to me. Hey guys, my name is Jack and I've lived in Johnson City, Bristol area for my whole life. And the things that I mainly love about Bristol is just the atmosphere and the people. Everybody's super nice, everybody's caring. You don't get to see as many people who come to church that say they will, but it is a good atmosphere of people and it's a good like place to be able to talk and get good conversations about Jesus towards them. State Street. This street people walk every single day and it's home of the popular Bristol sign that says a good place to live. And so many people talk about the sign and say they can't remember when the sign wasn't there. And that is our prayer for Faith Promise. 
that in years to come, people can't remember a time that Bristol didn't have a faith promise campus, loving, praying, healing people that are far from God. I think Faith Promise would be really well. I think they would come in and change the atmosphere a little bit and be able to show real love, as they say they do, towards these people that don't feel welcome to certain places, struggle with anxiety, struggle with new people, just not feeling welcome. If they were able to come to this church and see how we just welcome everybody in with open arms and how we love them, like we're called to love them, I think it would help them really feel loved and really feel welcome at a place that they've never felt welcomed at before. Some of the needs of Bristol are meeting people right where they are in life. There's a lot of impoverished people. There's a lot of people who are suffering depression and anxiety. And I think just being there for them during their time of need and showing them that the love of Jesus can get them through that is gonna be the most important thing that we can do. Faith Promise uh, has really been a good outreach uh, for the community because um, I've had people just in, on Facebook alone that have reached out to me. They've told me that, you know, just the little conversations we've had with them have made a difference. Um, they've had a rough past that they had a hard time getting through and they feel like now with Faith Promise, we're really um, affecting them and helping them feel like they make a difference and they mean something and that, you know, you can change and for the better and we're here to understand and be there and support them through it all. Coming from a launch team member for Faith Promise Bristol, this generosity means so much to me. It's changing my life and I hope it can change yours. If you're giving towards Faith Promise, I think it's gonna help you in a way. It's gonna help you understand and see how God's gonna work through this church and through these people that don't really know the love of Christ that live in this community. And through that, we'll be able to understand God more and see what real love really is. Being a part of Faith Promise from day one has been an amazing experience. Just the love and the support that we have felt from you. And it's because of your generosity during the Heart for Harvest that we are able to expand our campuses, even right here in Bristol, Tennessee. So thank you. It's because of you that people will be in heaven right here in the Tri-Cities. Thank you so much, Faith Promise, for your generosity, giving generously so that people, real people with real problems can find the real love of Jesus. This is the most exciting time in the life of Faith Promise, and there's so much more to come. heard a little bit from you. We've heard some more stories. We're going to see more of Bristol, but I hope and pray that during this Heart of the Harvest season, you see just a little bit of the impact that our generosity. We're across the state. You just heard him talk about Abington and Greenville and Kingsport and Bristol and Johnson City. And they're people that we'll never meet. The people that I'll never meet, maybe you'll never meet, that we get to impact through our generosity in Heart for the Harvest. If you want more information about Bristol or some more of our initiatives, go to heartfortheharvest.org and look at that things, look at the generosity and what we've been able to do in the past and what we're gonna do in the future. And Bristol is just a part of that. And we are so excited. We're so proud of you and Tabitha and the launch team. We've had an amazing Bristol live experience already once with right. a, the ATM Frozen experience and people came to that and life were changed, salvations, new people. We're so excited for what God is gonna do. I can't wait for you to see more of the incredible city of Bristol. next weekend we are praying
for two million seeds, every dollar's a seed. You know, we talk about being all in. Pentecostal power across Pentecostal participation, that means everybody. Are you with me? Not just a few people giving large gifts, but everybody, kids moving. So we'll build Bristol and Bearden and South Knoxville and Johnson City and Chattanooga and Nashville. And we're just going to keep spreading, even in this crazy year of COVID. Something that Pastor Aaron, our CFO, told me the other day that during COVID, a lot of people lost their jobs and they quit giving. And it's great because you're not having income. You don't have to any give. That's, that's perfect. That's how tithe works. But in the midst of that, the people that kept employed and stayed working in the middle of COVID ramped up their giving. It's incredible, the generosity at this church. And so what Michelle and I are praying is that we'll be able to give the Lord our biggest heart for the harvest gift yet. And we're praying that you'll be a part of that. And, and really what I've been asking the Lord is, you know, some of the some folks quit giving because you lost your job, but you're back employed. Thank the Lord, amen. Now it's time to rejoin the generosity journey. Others of you are new, you join with us online, maybe you're still online, but you, you know, you you came and you some way and you loved it, maybe for however you got with us. And next week in Heart for the Harvest is the perfect on-ramp for you to ramp on and join the generosity journey with us. We have a Blount County campus because of Heart for the Harvest. We have a North Knoxville campus. We have an Anderson campus. We have a Farragut campus. We have God Behind Bars campuses. We have an online campus. All those campuses were built out of Heart for the Harvest. And that's why we call it that. So listen, let's pray in the next six, in the next, cause it'll be seven days from now, Let's pray God will do even greater financial miracles so that we can bring a greater offering. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, that's seven days. Well, he created the universe in six. Amen? And so I'm just asking God to do something incredible. But we're talking about kids and students, everybody all in to advance the kingdom of God. So, Father, I pray that you would move across all of our campuses, that you would so touch us. I pray for financial miracles this week and next weekend for even as we bring our offerings though, that people are healed, that people answers to prayer as we have a miracle service next weekend, even in the midst of the offering, God, we pray that you will move, give incredibly, and God, that you will use us. And God, we're praying together this weekend for two million seats, two new campuses, Boys and Girls Club Project, and more and more for the kingdom of God. We love you. Use us is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. come on, give Jesus a shout of praise, would you?